0: Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes.
2: Wolfman's got nards!
0: They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you
2: do, don't fall asleep.
0: We have
1: such sights to show you. They're all going to laugh at you! You're listening to the Jersey Cool Hey, everybody.
2: What's up?
0: I get to say what's up now. What's (laughs) up?
2: (laughs) You got to come up with something better than what's up, dude. What it do. (laughs) That's mine. What's up is mine. You can't tell.
1: Yeah, you can't have. You got to have your own unique greeting.
0: I'm going to do what it do. What it do? What it is.
2: Wow. You're so cool and hip.
0: I'm from California. You're
2: <laughs> okay, fuck it. Welcome
1: back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls.
2: That's right. And we are so pleased to have our very special guest, Zach, here with us.
0: That's right. What it do. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it that time. <laughs> I did. I felt better. <laughs> mm. So great. yeah, let's do it. Sorry, Jack. It's great to be back. I'm too excited. I feel like an 80s Coke dot wrestler right now. This is fantastic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> So are you going to pass out in a cloud of your own cocaine soon? Is that what that means?
0: No, 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 no. I said wrestler, not Farley, circa 98. That's not good. <laughs> no.
1: He's going to pass out, but it's going to be in like pink leopard spandex.
0: Thank you. Exactly. That's what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so with all this excitement, we are are very excited tonight. And I'm actually surprised that it's taken us this long to cover Tim Burton movies like this. I mean, we've talked mm-hmm. about Beetlejuice, but tonight we are going to be talking about Sleepy Hollow and Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Two Tim Burton directed movies um, that we both, you know, all of us love very, very much.
0: Oh God, yeah, that is without a doubt. What what I love about this, I wanted to jump in this before everybody get gets started. It's like the season of Burton every season it's three burton movies so we got october is sleepy hollow november feels like sweeney todd and then of course december uh nope not nightmare before christmas kids it's actually edward scissorhands if there was ever a triple feature for this winter tale it's those three movies i'm just saying that
2: wow no that's a good call i like that
0: yeah i agree 100 with that one Oh, so, I got more.
2: <laughs> I, I did have one thought that I'm going to tell you both to go fuck off on because you can the movies. How <laughs> are we talking about Ed Wood? That's my favorite movie of his.
0: Ed Wood is great, but it doesn't fit in a, in a time. I'm going to say Ed Wood fits in the spring chapter, which goes alongside with uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Big Fish.
1: Oh, okay. yeah. Boom. Yeah,
0: That would be a go. triple feature for the springtime. We'll, uh-huh. We will get back to that after uh, Pop, Rock, and Horror. Guaranteed. Perfect. <laughs> all right. all right. So, which one we start with here, Sleepy well, Hollow? We can, let's go click chronological. We'll start with Sleepy Hollow. Sleeps. It's hollow. a it's, it's horseman, but this Best yeah. line of the, of the movie. I'm throwing that out there. The
2: first question I know, the first thing I know. So full disclosure, my first full watching of Sleepy Hollow.
0: What? Really? What? Where were you 20 years ago? Besides um, not being cool and watching the movie. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry that's exactly where I was and I don't know I don't know how I missed this one because it's like a, a made-for-me movie for sure I, yeah this was it felt like a Hogwarts reunion for a while
1: <laughs> oh yeah there are there's a lot of Harry Potter all up in Sleepy Hollow
0: and also Sweeney Todd will get there too yeah yeah God. same thing I was Sweeney that. I like I love it's like without Burton there would be no Harry Potter really if you think about it
2: Thank you more. <laughs> Take it down about twelve notches
0: <laughs> so true oh, so
1: so with 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 Burton's Sleepy Hollow, uh he takes p- pretty much a gigantic departure from from the short story. uh I mean, Ichabod Crane is Ichabod crane uh and there's a headless horseman, and there's you know Katrina mm hmm but that's about it. <laughs>
0: that's really all you get. Oh yeah, yeah, you also get the bridge, you know. The, oh yeah,
1: we have the covered bridge. We <laughs> have the covered But yeah, but really other than that. And I mean, and to be fair, I mean, even in the in the Disney cartoon about the legend of Sleepy Hollow, they they stretched it out for their 30-minute feature. This is this is a very very short book it's actually my tradition is I read it on halloween i read it every halloween before bed like that's my bedtime story it's a very very short read um what i love is expanding on the lore that that tim burton did in this movie he expanded on the lore of the horseman he made it this whole actual supernatural character which is what you don't get in the book because you never really know if it's truly a supernatural entity if it's brahm just you know breaking his balls because ichabod's in on katrina so i love that there is an actual supernatural element
0: oh i agree with that one um i mean but it is very tim burton like to stretch out a simple story into (laughs) something more than it is i mean whether it's this alice in wonderland or god his own frankenween that is a double entendre. But anyways, <laughs> hello. But what I love about it, though, is, yeah, the backstory of the Headless Horseman kind of, in my opinion, that take kind of made him more frightening a little bit because he was just like this big, like like medieval war hero, like Genghis Khan, and he's all like tearing people apart. And even when he was alive, he had those like like, very sharp teeth. It's like, dear God, bro, were you just like flossing with the knife? I don't get it. But, you know, it's just really fun. Um, yeah. But you gotta stretch out a Disney tale. But what I hate about it, which I know Marissa hates about, it, is that they turn Ichabod Crane from a school teacher into an investigator, which you know, I guess that's a little cooler, but it's more in line with I think with what Burton was doing was more of a let's make Sleepy Hollow uh, my own hammer film than, you know, the actual classic that it is.
2: You know, it's funny because I totally agree with you there. It does have a very hammer-esque feel to it. I don't know if it's the, like, and and Katie would save me here and pronounce this The giallo. The
0: giallo, giallo. <laughs> like,
2: the done it this of it all. Um, but I, like, and full disclosure, I had no clue who had done it until the reveal. I was like, oh! Um, so, because my buddy was on uh, What's-His-Face from Starship Troopers to be the bad guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Catherine Van Deen. Yeah,
0: That's right.
2: Brum. Yeah, but I was wrong when he died. <laughs> right, dude. I think he does a lot with this, and he does it in a really cool way, which I think, for the record, he's hit or miss in this arena, but this one's a solid slam dunk. Like, he, I like bringing in the early forensics. I like the juxtaposition of, like, the science and the religion. I think yeah. there's a lot of cool things that he expands on Irving's uh, folklore with, and, and he adds, like, a grim fairy tales kind of vibe to it with the witches and everything else that I was, I was drinking the Kool-Aid on this one.
0: Oh, definitely. Well, you got the good witch and the bad witch with, of course, you know, uh, recollections of his mother being that of a good witch. And then, of course, uh, uh, the old... Uh, oh, my God, I forget the actress's name, but there's your bad witch. And what a great way to have a female villain, too. I mean, she's she's hot as hell.
2: Miranda and Richardson? Thank you. Yes,
0: yes, yes. And it's just so beautiful.
2: She mother really well.
0: Oh, God, yeah. Which, I, I mean... I, I, I mean, if we're going to go with like the powerful woman villain, which as a James Bond fan, I always wanted for some reason. They always want a woman to be Bond, but not the villain. Anyways, I'm getting side, sidetracked. This is how you do a good, evil, smart, like female villain. I loved it. Fooled me. Yeah, because I thought it was Brom too. I'm like, man, they're going to make it Brom. This is so easy. But I was 12. I didn't know.
2: Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely want to but- <laughs>
0: all right <laughs> 12 12 24 hours ago
1: <laughs> no i just think if there is ever if there's ever a book to be made into a movie by tim burton i think this is an obvious standout because it's got enough of the creepy like his aesthetic for this movie was like he knocked it out of the park mm-hmm. um and i know that uh we'll, we'll touch on it briefly uh because i know this is something that zach and i are excited to talk about Let's dive in real quick before we get into the meat and the bones of it. Uh, let's talk about Danny Elfman's score for this movie.
0: Let's talk. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So, uh, muse, <laughs> music visually speaking, I'm going to talk about that, you know, uh, about that whole gothic tone because for a while during this time, um, I personally feel like uh, Danny Elfman was kind of in, in a slump of his score and he was like building up like, I don't know, like the mid 90s was really, I don't know. I didn't really... Besides Nightmare Before Christmas, Danny Elfman didn't really have much to do. He was doing more like drama dark movies, like adult films during that time. And then once we got Sleepy Hollow. It was like porn? Um, right. <laughs> no, not porn. Come on. Cinemax. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but it was just so gothic. You get the horns, you like dun dun, dun dun and it just builds up to this very soft and very like whimsicalness so you get that elfman horn really up when the fright is there when the anxiety is there and then it comes down to that whimsical floating it's kind of like you're inside ichabod's head that whole like the anxiety of the horror that is today and the whimsical you know uh, um youth of with my mom and as you know as a child of you know this is part of it maybe it's just an illusion maybe it's not real did it perfectly that's what i gotta say about that
1: (laughs) I think that one of his biggest strengths uh it's it's something that I think that he can do almost every time the opening title sequence mm-hmm. he knocks it out of the park, and I think that that's a very strong suit that he has, even with with movies like um fucking what is it uh Planet of the Apes. I love the opening mm. sequence of Planet of the Apes when it has all the different percussions and it's it comes in real strong. My favorite thing about this one in particular is there's a, uh, the part of the op- uh, the title sequence, you know, all the people that are starring in the movie, like all their names are popping up. And then there's this moment where the music absolutely has this amazing crescendo. And it's at that moment where it says, music by Danny Elfman. <laughs> and I'm
2: like, yeah, you
1: go ahead and you pat yourself on the back, baby, because this is really good. This is really good stuff.
2: I think um, Burton and Elfman do this magical thing with their opening sequences where they manage to somehow create the entire tone and set the entire pace for the film with one long opening drag and it's done in in, yeah in all these movies I mean Charlie and the Chocolate Factory this one I love how it's either the blood or the dirt or the you know whatever it is and it's always so vibrant and I love the way the color and the music juxtapose juxtapose wow it's been a long day (laughs) the the terror and the horror behind it all and like the, the grimness of it all it's just brilliant Although I got to also be honest, you know, as someone who knows nothing about music, the one that goes instead of is so cool. <laughs> it's also, it's also fucking magical.
0: Yes. Oh, dear God. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it could be because he has the, like the strings, the strings, especially in that intro beginning where like the fog is setting over like the landscape. And then like the titles have that, like, Almost like a cloud, it just pops up and every whimsicalness. Like, yeah, exactly. That and, and almost, it almost, yeah, well, it's kind of like a, a prelude to uh, that, like Spider Man uh, whimsical strings. Yeah, They're, they are very similar in that. So. I kind of got that from it, too, which is the G. Frankly, thing.
2: I find it rather elementary. No, <laughs> 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 well, I love it, you guys. I just am such an asshole and have no idea what this is. Oh, about. no. It's lovely. It's lovely.
0: <laughs> well, like, that's the hard part about being a Danny Elfman fan is in your iTunes or Spotify, whichever, and your favorite song is main title. Elfman has dick dickhole way of naming all of his main titles. <laughs> tracks Thanks. main title so it's like oh Danny Elfman main <laughs> title which one is this oh it's Hulk from 2002 okay my bad I was gonna be somewhere else with it <laughs> like my bad is
2: there a possibility it's all the same song over and over again y'all are just missing it or
0: <laughs> exactly there's craziness so I'm going to create a mix that's just called Danny Elfman main title and you have to guess it's amazing can't name that tune <laughs> I'd be so bad at that game
1: so it, I'm, I'm happy that, Mercy, you finally watched this movie, but I can say that I'm on the complete other end of the spectrum because this is a movie that I have been watching since it came out. I saw it in the theaters. Um, this is this is a classic for my mom and I. Um, after this movie came out, you know, I've, I've owned this movie on VHS, owned it on DVD, owned it on Blu-ray. If it came out on Laserdisc, I would have scooped it up <laughs> on Laserdisc. Even not owning a Laserdisc player, I'm like, I don't care. But, um I have very fond memories of my mom and I having a tradition of in October watching Sleepy Hollow and making Halloween cutouts, and we did that. I mean, this movie came out like uh, my, my senior year of high school, so this was during my college years. but yeah, like watching it we had a little TV that had a VCR like all built in, it was one whole unit, so we used that was in our kitchen, so we used to pop the tape in. While we were making cookies and watched oh. Sleepy Hollow, this is a movie that, not unlike Ghostbusters and that thing you do, that like I annoyingly can just recite the lines along with the actors, like to kind of like yeah, very annoying. <laughs> and I know that about myself, but I do it anyway. It's
2: a Highly quotable movie, Jackie. Like it's
1: What's
2: like that. It's not exactly a high. Like it's not like Agar. No, but-
1: it's not. But I stand up for sense <laughs> and
0: justice.
1: Seriously, I could, I could, I. As I'm watching it, like I seem, I feel myself like mouthing all the words.
0: I believe in science. He's all about science and his detectiveness. <laughs> I loved it. But what a great! But because going back now, I'm gonna take you girls through time right now. All right, you better flux capacitor that shit, Mister Fusion. Put some tuna cans in there because we're going <laughs> back in time with this one. It was released in 1999, and my it's still to this day. Movies released in 1999 are one of, if not the greatest year for cinema was 1999. You had Sleepy Hollow. You had Kubrick's final uh, Eyes Wide Shut. You had episode one of Star Wars. You had everything from like the Matrix to, for groundbreaking sci-fi to American Pie, groundbreaking comedy. It was just a great time for movies and Sleepy Hollow was such a big deal because I remember uh, in October my friends and I, we, they played like the Scream 3 trailer for that. So it was like this horror awesomeness, just with starting with that. And then at your local blockbuster was uh, Bride of Chucky. It was just a great time and in October with Sleepy Hollow just like leading the charge. It was the place to go. I loved it.
2: I just Googled it when you said that. Cause I was like, have you lost your mind? But fuck, a lot of good movies came out in 1999. Jesus. You,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here's one for you. I'm just Googled to too. Muppets from space. I fucking love that movie. Eat I it.
1: fucking love that. Movie. <laughs> Blair Hepe, Witch Project. Pepe gets a lot of shit, but I think he's awesome mm-hmm. as a newer Muppet.
0: Oh, yeah. Look at that. Oh, yeah, exactly. Blair Witch, Mystery Men, oh, uh, Iron Giant, 1999. Oh, I'm kid ass. I'm sorry, people, but 20 years ago, we had a great, better release of cinemas. <laughs> I'm sorry, Marvel. Go to hell! <laughs> no, wrong.
2: <laughs> I just want to make sure that we're recording because you literally fucking listed the Phantom Menace as a positive thing in life. So yeah, I'm just that's
0: that. called a Lucasfilm pre-Disney buying them. It was good.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, I'm going there. Shot fired with my, <laughs> my double end lightsaber too. Who was Qui Gon? We didn't know, and we didn't care. He was on my Taco Bell large cup, and I liked it. <laughs>
2: Oh man, I can't wait till we do our very special edition of uh, Jersey Gold when the new Star Wars movie comes out.
0: Oh my God, please have me on there so I can just shit on it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's gonna suck, but I'm, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. I'm not, but I'm kidding. But I'm not. Let's do this. <laughs> Fucking let's do this.
0: I love it. But yeah, so so the whole um almost said Sweeney Todd, Sleepy Hollow. Man, they go together too. Mm-hmm. Sweeney, Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow um was a first for everything. First off, the blood in that movie dear god it played a character the bright redness oh gosh the gore was perfect the special effects was genius in, was in that yeah it was, everything about it, especially uh what's that one scene where like, he's just like investigating with all these like tools and he puts it up on the dude's abs and like it opens it maybe i'm thinking about hellraiser i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> there's some hellraiser tools in there though i loved it um, crazy
1: i love it no and the movies pair so beautifully even in that sense because sweeney todd is another movie that has this unrealistically bright red blood just squirting Mm -hmm. everywhere same exact thing in sleepy hollow i remember seeing a behind the scenes uh interview and i think christina ricci had said that tim burton's goal was like how many scenes can i squirt johnny depp in the face with blood (laughs) like how many do we got
0: Amber Heard thought the same thing. <laughs> That's horrible.
1: Oh, but, hashtag too soon, Zach. Hashtag, hashtag too, too soon.
0: soon, me too soon. I love <laughs> hashtag me too soon. But but with the blood, though, it does, it's almost, again, it's a precursor to Sweeney Todd, where the blood, ha- it takes a role. Whereas, again, with Sleepy Hollow, it, it's a character that stands out in that dark setting that is Sleepy Hollow, Whereas in, like, the theater version of uh, Sweeney Todd and also the movie version, it's pretty much its own gimmick. It's its own character. I love it, you know?
2: Yeah, and I I have to say, like, it was almost jarring at times for me because being my first watch, like, I am very much used to the milder canon for Burton. Like, I think pound Mm. for pound, I spend a lot more time watching, like, Nightmare Before Christmas, Corpse Bride, Batman, Beetlejuice. So, like, for me, this was, like, wow, like, the scene with the Iron Maiden, I was like, holy Mm -hmm. shit, and I gotta be honest with you, I may have totally been suckered by the witch scene, like, (laughs) the jump scares in this film were effective, and you're right, he loves getting splooged in the face with Burton's blood (laughs) boy.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's something else we can touch on, um, splooge? uh, Yes, the splooge, uh, speaking of splooge, Johnny Depp, um
0: <laughs> yeah. sure the, prime death he was so hot back. yeah then.
1: like this this is you know the time I think we're we're not quite Pirates of the Caribbean yet he hasn't gotten there yet but he is on his way there and then Sweeney Todd a smack dab in the middle of it so yeah this mm. is this is definitely at the height of, of Johnny Depp and what I think we're at eight or nine the number of times that Johnny Depp and Tim Burton have worked together
2: like it's up there <laughs> this brought me to a severe existential crisis, because, the, and I'll pose this to you guys, because I think it's art. It's safe to say you two are much well and better versed in the Burton canon than I am. And my my question is, guys, did <laughs> Burton ruin Johnny Depp?
0: Mmm, good question. I think Disney ruined Johnny Depp.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm gonna. <laughs> I can't. I can't put that blame on Burton because. Mm-hmm. No, I just, I I love Burton too much that even if it is his fault, I'll say that it's not his fault.
0: I'll give you a tie where it's like uh, 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 Burton, or sorry, uh, Depp as Willy Wonka was kind of like the precursor to that. I'll give you that, but I got to tell you, the the oversaturation of uh, Jack Sparrow, and then he's, all of a sudden, he's the bad hatter. Yeah. (laughs) I blame Disney.
2: Yeah, maybe we can blame Disney. I don't know, man. It bums me out, though, because when I think of old Johnny Depp, like, you know, fucking what's he in Gilbert Grape level Johnny Depp, mm. it makes me sad to think he's, like, persona non grata and a fucking joke now. Like, I hate that this... Mm. Goes. I really That's think true. he's going to have a comeback. I think mean, he's too good of an actor to not... Like, if he can recover from 21 Jump Street, he can recover from anything. <laughs> yeah. But, and he fuck- just has
1: to come out from under all those scarves that he wears. If he can just... Yeah. Unbury himself from the. No, I I agree that the as far as his uh, work with Burton, the Willy Wonka is the weakest link. Like oh. that one is mm-hmm. yeah, like that one was just a weird. That was just a weird choice, mm-hmm. you know. I, I but I feel like he did wanted
2: Wonderland to. Wonderland
1: together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. yeah.
2: That the, about the two of them working together? No, for
1: me it's mm-hmm. Willy Wonka, and I feel like he. I feel like Johnny Depp and Tim Burton wanted to be so other end of the spectrum from uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Gene Wilder's performance that maybe that's why they went to that weird place with it. I don't know. But yeah, that's, that's my least favorite. I don't mind him as the Mad Hatter.
0: But the only saving grace, this is what makes Alice in Wonderland worse than Charlie the Chocolate Factory in my book, it's because of the soundtrack. I mean I mean the oopa loopa songs that Danny Elfman does, it's pretty much like like an oingo boingo comeback mixtape. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> Agreed. I fucking love not only do I love yeah. that movie, weirdly. But mm. I love his take on Willy Wonka because I always said Gene, um, Gene Wilder's version scared me too much. And <laughs> I loved the book as a kid. So I never thought he was scary until I saw the movie. and was fucking terrified. And I also, yeah, the soundtrack on that one is really good. The songs are so clever. Yes. And I love all the characters. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the Alice in Wonderland movies are kind of big, giant pieces of shit.
0: Ooh. Oh, I agree. No, no. I remember seeing it with Katie. I was actually really excited. I'm like Tim Burton, Depp, you know, Anne Hathaway's in this cool, you know, hot. But I go see the movie and it's that video look where they put, uh, um, 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 what was it called? Like fucking KY jelly up on the lens. I couldn't see <laughs> shit. It was so unfocused. I got mad. I'm like, okay, we get it. You're a CG. You can add this to it. Yeah. Very, very disappointing. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory used real squirrels. Real squirrels.
2: Jackie, I want a squirrel. No, I, I,
0: I didn't know those were real squirrels. They trained them. That's an IMDb fact. I know, I know, you know this. Come on, Jackie, you know this. <laughs> so Check that.
2: A squirrel? Why are we sitting here?
0: Exactly. <laughs> There's no squirrels in Sleepy Hollow,
2: <laughs> or any, any other animals.
0: I'm sorry. Oh, okay, first off, can we talk about the saddest, the saddest death all of Sleepy Hollow is when that little boy's with his little mommy, they do like the little lantern thing and it's all over the walls, and a horseman comes in and he kills his dad and she hides him underneath the whole like underneath the floor, and you feel it, and he's about to leave, and then he does that turnaround and you get the before Nolan used it. And it was so scary, and and then He finds them. The little kid dies. It's so sad. It's it's actually the, my gut wrenches every time I watch that part. I gotta be honest.
2: It was effective, man. Like Mm -hmm. it was, I think this movie does a great job of being a a fairy tale that truly evokes a sense of horror when you Mm -hmm. watch it. And like, I think it's such an homage to Irving in that way because Irving was, wrote a story that is very much like a fairy tale that's horrific. And it calls to Grimm and it calls to all these other like, you know, magical things that are actually so dark and so disturbing. And I think Burton really played well to that in this film. I also think he created a really fun play on like the, the mythology of witch hunts and everything in America. So,
0: mm-hmm. oh, I love God, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm down for witches and hunts. Uh-huh hunting witches Ah. sorry continue
1: (laughs) (laughs) so of of all of all of the deaths that happen obviously he beheads everybody but the death of baltus van tassel in the church when the horseman Mm. launches that fence post through his chest that Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie followed by like my favorite shot of the whole movie is when the camera is panning above the church and you see Katrina lying there on the balcony and then it just pans out to see all of the bodies just strategically placed on the church floor. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. There's, there's, Mm -hmm. I will, I will say that for as much as I love this movie, I mean, this is up there for me. I absolutely love Sleepy Hollow. I will say it has a flaw.
2: Uh-oh. It Uh-oh. does have a
1: flaw. <laughs> the writing is not the best. Well, that's the, standard
0: in Burton movies really sometimes. I
1: see. I don't know. Some of them are pretty good, but the, the I feel like the the script was lacking. Hmm. That's that's really my only complaint. And I don't I don't want to fault like part of me like wants to be like I didn't love Christina Ricci's performance, but I think it's not so much her I think it's the script she was given. Like some of it, it just, I don't know. It just didn't flow very naturally. And sometimes it sounded a little, I don't know, like a 13 year old wrote it. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't love some of the dialogue. I think, but aside from that, there are moments of dialogue where I'm just like, really, I could have done better. But aside from that, I think this is pretty spot on for me with, you know, aesthetic, uh the music audibly you've got johnny depp the horseman can we talk about christopher walken can we talk about like you're gonna cast (laughs) uh you know a mad hessian with razor sharp teeth riding horses why is christopher walken at the top of your list i love him but why is christopher walken the headless horseman.
2: Because Nick Cage was busy. <laughs> Could
1: you imagine? <laughs>
0: I, I, I don't want. I just. I just imagine more like current Nick Cage is the Yeah, horseman.
1: I want Mandy level Nick Cage.
0: Right. <laughs> I'm thinking of like Marilyn Fat Fat Marilyn Manson who looks like Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Manson being the new headless horseman. <laughs> Cast that! I'm looking at you. Uh, oh my goodness! But who is that? Bl- Bloomhouse, make it happen. God, only in my <laughs> wildest dreams.
2: <laughs> I'm just—I don't know.
1: Like to me, like Chad and I will watch this movie, and Chad can do a much better Christopher Walken impression than I can. Like I think that I can do a slightly okay Walken. Wow, it's really terrible. But it. yeah, like my whole like the, like there's a reason why he just growls the whole time because otherwise he'd off the horse and be like, oh.
0: I'm the <laughs> You He's selling like Andrew you know? Dice Clay. I
1: know, Mike. My, my it always turns into clay. It does. It's terrible, but you know, I just imagine. Ow. Oh, I'm Christopher Walken. I'm a horseman. You know, I. You know, I'm gonna cut off your head. Um, I know. I go right to Andrew Dice
0: Clay. <laughs> Hickory dickory Duck, This chick lost her head. Boom! Oh, oh! All <laughs> <They're> right. <laughs> That's great, but Christopher Walken felt I don't. I felt like, he, but it made sense. But yeah, you didn't know why, and I just always thought of, oh well, he used it in Batman Returns as this evil douchebag. Might as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, Burton loves to
1: play with his friends. I get that. I, I, yeah, mm. I'm not knocking it because I, I I sit here and I joke about oh, Christopher God. Walken, but like who else? Who else is gonna be in 1999?
2: Who else do we got? Um. So I. I, I this is a good time for me to A, agree with your comment. The reason why you don't react to Ricci's character as much as you want to, because we all love her so much, is because there's no characterization in this film. There's no development of any sort of emotional attachment to any of these characters as much as you want to. And you like them because they're Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci, and you fall in love with the film because it's a Burton film, but when you strip it down, like, the dialogue is so problematic in so many of his movies. And his ability to build characters you care about often is is dependent upon Danny Elfman and the amazing actors that follow <laughs> him around. Um, and I hate to say that because I like Burton. I also feel like he his films have tons of problem. Zach, here we go. We're going to yeah. fight. Let's tons of problematic representations of females. I agree with you that it's an awesome, awesome Uh, mom character like evil stepmother but like okay that trope has also been done if you're going to have an evil villain who's a female of course she's a wicked stepmother so like while i respect burton's work and i like this film a lot some of the mistakes made in this film are ones that are my gripes for his entire canon and yes one of them is he really needs to stop putting his wife and everything he makes.
0: Yeah. I agree with you on that one. But I think that the whole, like, woman being like a witch is, like, literally akin to, you know, the villain has to have a mustache, you know? Like, oh, ho, ho, I got him next time, you know? It's, like, one of those things. It's, like, of course the woman's a witch. But I do agree with you, it is, like, without her character, everybody else is just, like, there. but
2: yeah, yeah. You
0: know, they're, oh, like...
2: Actors. Why not use them? Yeah. Like, I I yeah.
1: had a tough time believing the... uh. Uh, what do I want to say? I had a tough time believing the relationship between Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci's character.
0: Well, God. they seem like siblings, really, when you watch it. It's really weird. Yeah. yeah. My
2: daughters watch it with me, which <laughs> I kind of regretted because it was super gory, but they were into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both of them at different points in the evening asked me if Christina Ricci was his daughter.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it did have that weird like guidance feeling. I mean, the only time you like because they looked at each other all like wondrous, and you know, Depp has a great line like oh, I forget what this is. He's something like I know you're a witch because you your love bewitched me or something stupid like that. I'm like, oh god.
1: Ugh. Yeah, you must have a bit of witch in you. Yeah. Because you have bewitched me. That's one of those lines written by a 13-year-old. I'm it like, it really? really is. Uh, oh Marissa, you will be proud of me. Um, uh, <laughs> because one of the notes I wrote when um uh when young Masbeth moves the bed and they see the symbol of the evil eye, and they're like, Oh my god, the evil eye, you know, you're cursed. And my note is the evil eye, just like a typical white man to not understand the Wiccans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I get that reference. There we, go. there we go.
1: But no, I mean, they do. Right out the gate, they see these symbols and like, oh, witch. which is bad. Witches are not good. Witches must be bad. You
2: must be being cursed. So I was kind of hoping it would go somewhere a little cooler than it did. Like, I like that it presented the good witchcraft and the, good, the bad witchcraft. But I don't know. I kind of felt like at the end, I was hoping that Christina Ricci would be a witch of some sort and stuff like that. And I was... You know, I was hoping for things that never really came to fruition. Didn't take away from how much like I enjoyed it, but it definitely like there were things that could have been so much more fleshed out, and it would have been awesome. Yeah,
0: it's a popcorn horror movie, basically. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. why <laughs> I like it.
2: What else, you guys, for Sleepy Hollow?
0: That's all of my notes. I just pretty much, yeah, the main take was it's not like the original, and uh, you know, he was a school teacher. I think that's fun to do a school teacher. That's just me.
2: I'm with
0: you. I think a school teacher is always a
1: good hero for a story. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Did you notice the, uh, the large Marge homage at the end when yes. the, when the horseman gets his head back and he's starting to like re muscle and everything. At one point he lifts his head up and his eyes pop out and his mouth is open and he looks like large Marge.
0: Yeah. Oh, I like, saw like that. Like a very split second. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. Burton sketch drawing. Love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and then
1: like the only other thing that I have on my notes for this one is I just love that quintessential Bertman black and white stripes. Because at the end, Christina Ricci comes out of the carriage. Oh, yeah. Now they're living large with all that Van Tassel money. You know, it's, it's, it's the year 1800 in snowy New York. Mm. And, and the city looks a lot better than it actually did during that time. So, yeah. you know, thank you, well, Hollywood.
0: Because no, I looked,
1: at, I was like, okay. "Dude, what is what does New York look like in 1800? Like, let's <laughs> see what they, and it. Like and it's <laughs> not 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 a whole lot like. That. I mean, it looks <laughs> a little bit like that, but they made it real pretty. So, <laughs> um, so yeah,
2: so maybe we move on now to Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber
0: of Fleet Street. Oh, here we go. See now for this one, I haven't watched this movie. Man, it ha- it has been like ten years. It's been a while since I've seen this movie. So it was great to re- revisit because I listen to the soundtrack at times, but, you know, I, I had fun watching it again. It's really ridiculous.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I enjoy this too. I mean, it's, it's a Sondheim show. It's 1979, mm-hmm. right? This was on Broadway. And mm-hmm. I, I'm such a, a, a sucker for like older Broadway that I was so pumped to see it kind of get reimagined in this way. Um, I also, I think... I liked it better this time than I remember liking it when it first came out. like i I kind of enjoyed the watch this time, which I was nervous I was gonna find it like tedious, but it wasn't. It was fun, yeah,
1: yeah okay. so this one uh, a two thousand seven uh, reimagining of the Broadway show, yeah, mm-hmm. um and this one again, this is another perfect example. so this is not Danny Alfman's music, but somehow it sounds like Danny Elfman's music because that's just how cool this show
0: is (laughs) it's very stringy with that one what's also great about the sound is there's this uh there's this motif um it's called the death sound you hear in a lot of movies specifically when I like to give people um uh the idea is from The Shining you know the wow 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 that's pretty that's pretty much Sweeney Todd's song but a little bit faster You know, when it starts off with, uh, you know, No Place Like London, you hear that overture and you hear that sound over and over again. You hear it again when he pulls out his knife or sorry, his uh, blades. And you just hear it all the time when he starts doing his little Sondheim, you know, speak sing. You know, you'll hear it. It's there. (laughs) But that's what I love about it. That sound of death is near.
2: I do, too. I love it. And I think it permeates. The entire film so well that it really it evokes a dr- like you feel the dread and the dirtiness and the like just like the bleakness of the film very much through that music. And you're right, like, usually, and I, I it's funny that you brought up Scor- uh, not Scorsese, uh, Kubrick as an example because I want to poke my eyes out when I listen to 2001, but you're <laughs> right, in this sense or in like the sense of the shining, it, it works, it, it helps you evoke that dread, it helps you get into. The Mm -hmm. mood of the story so well. And you're right. It's Sondheim, it's Elfman. They both do it
0: beautifully. Oh, very true.
1: I could do without the CGI in this movie because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of CGI.
0: Way too many. This was like that time of, because it came out in 2007. And this was, yeah. yeah. And I remember in the theaters, I'm like, because the whole main title sequence again with the bright red blood, it was going through like all of the little chamber stuff and i'm like man that's really cool looking and then i'm watching it up on like blu-ray like the high def I'm like when did this look like a old like you know video game point and click of jack the ripper like this was just <laughs> one of those like disc games that you played in elementary school yeah. <laughs> Dear God.
2: yeah it's so funny how movies from that little chunk of time just don't hold up because they relied so heavily on the mm-hmm. wrong things um yeah so i mean so, so real quick, just the history of the Sweeney Todd mythology. I found mm-hmm. really interesting. I stumbled into a book about Sweeney Todd while I was doing my research. Mm-hmm. And uh, fun fact, Jackie, for you: um, as you probably know, he first appeared in, uh, in print in a Victorian penny dreadful uh, called *The String of Pearls*. But he was actually an urban legend that really sprang in in England and from in the UK, really. As popular because so many people were using cats, dogs, and other animals in their pies at this time in the Victorian mm. era, that it was believed, yeah, yum. Mm. Yikes! It was believed that I know you guys are all about a good meat in uh, your household.
0: So. <laughs> Talk about tacos, and you bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to find a good time to do it.
2: But uh, I figure what better time than with the cannibalism because uh, Katie and I have already decided we're starting a commune and are probably going to have to be co- uh, cannibalists because <laughs> <time. laughs> we're not going to be able to self-sustain. So um, but anyway, apparently there was widespread fear of people using people in their meat pies back then. And so mm-hmm. apparently they, they can't really get this down to like one person, but they believe there was an urban legend about um, a barber who would kill people and they would dispose of them through cannibalism. And apparently Charles Dickens really, it was responsible for feeding into that fear and paranoia in his writing. And even to this day, there are so many tropes and urban legends in the UK about this kind of stuff and about like demon monster, for some reason, barbers and people who use razors as or knives as their primary weapon and how they come and get you if you're bad.
0: <laughs> sounds like Candyman. That's yeah, so cute, yeah right? <laughs> they're, a little,
2: they're a little cheeky over the pond version of like Candyman or whatever we have over here but um <clears throat> the other thing I realized what was interesting is that I kind of learned that so many cultures have a Sweeney Todd like a figure who is either a barber or a stylist or some sort of like person who's supposed to make you better so you put your trust in them and you let them have a blade close to you and then they turn out to be like monstrous which I gotta be honest with you guys I freaking hate razors on screen I hate watching people get shaved
0: oh I love it oh. because I because I I use that razor style uh when I, I, I shave it, myself too, and there I, you go oh it's the best
2: I know he says that too <laughs> and I can't speak to it fortunately my mustache isn't that bad yet but
0: You know, that's why you buy your Venus razor blades. I get it. I get it.
2: Five blades.
0: Moisture strip.
2: But, like, when I can't even watch my husband do it, I'm like, you're going to die. And he loves it. But mm. I
1: can't watch people. I can't. Uh, no, I'm one of those stereotypical girls that, like, I'll sit on the toilet and watch Chad shave oh. with, like, the straight oh. razor. Like, I have that I used to watch my dad shave. Like, it's just that fascination of something <laughs> that, like, I don't do. I don't get to do it. So to sit there and watch it, like, and it's so funny because, like, I'll watch Chad and he does all his little facial things where you have blow your cheek out mm-hmm, so you can yeah. get over your angles. And I'm like, you know, as someone that just shaves their legs, I don't know, I find it fascinating.
2: Dude, that's, I'm gonna go on record saying I don't think that's the norm. I don't think many women-
1: <laughs> That's not a thing? I feel like I see that in movies. Like, you just sit there, sit on the sink and watch them sit now. am I le- fine? Then I'm well, the- it's in the
0: movies doesn't mean that it happens. <laughs> I, I agree. Everything
1: that happens in the movie is real, guys. I know.
0: Katie never did that with me. No, I don't know. No, <laughs> I do.
1: I th- whenever Chad... Now, Chad doesn't always use the straight razor. So he'll okay. sometimes just use... But whenever he uses... Like, he has this whole little fluffy thing where he puts all the fluffy fluff on his face, and then he does the thing. And I don't know, I'm, I'll sit there and watch, I'm fascinated.
0: I could see you and Chad while he's doing that. It's like, pretty women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I
1: love it, I would love
0: it. I Speaking love it. of singing,
1: Chad's <laughs> in his office doing schoolwork for grad school, and I'm on the couch one room away, whisper singing this entire movie. I have the soundtrack too, I listen mm. to it all the time. I love these songs. Mm. Uh, and yeah, so I, I'm sitting on my couch, like, wait, watch, Harry, gave me mm. such a, such a this and I'm like just my dog at one point comes over and he's sitting. So I'm like whisper singing <laughs> to him, but he's kind of wigged out that I'm whisper singing and then he leaves me. So <laughs> I, I love that.
0: But um, there is that one song that I just can't to this day, it cringes me out every time I hear it. This one's for you. Marissa because dear god if there was ever a, a like a song version of date rape it's <laughs> I dear god oh let's see what were my notes uh, it's like when i saw it at like 21 years old i was like this is disgusting he's like i feel you i see you i'll steal you what (laughs) the fuck that is gross you don't even know this broad and she's up there like oh i'm in the fucking window and all shit it's like little british little twink is all like oh i think of you joanna i'll steal you i work for your dad but i want to fuck you like what the fuck it's so crazy all of that (laughs) it's the most date rapey rapist song it's like, oh my dear God, it's, uh, it's, it's so gross. I could see, you know what? This is what Weinstein saying to fucking Jennifer Lawrence to get her to star in the fucking Hunger Games. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you can quote me on that.
2: I'm done. Yeah, no, it's cringy. And I have to say the entire treatment and I blame Sondheim more than Burton because obviously he invented this shit. But yeah. <laughs> so fucking cringy and problematic. All of it, all of it. <laughs> Everything that happens to women in this movie. And ironically, it's not the violence against them that's for once in my life. It's not excessive violence towards women that I find problematic. It is the men who like just fucking, like it's it's bizarre. And and I can get into this when I talk about all the reasons why I love, hate this film. Because I hate a lot about Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I have to admit you guys, I'm a Broadway fanatic and there's only two songs that i actually have in my rotation from this musical and huh. they are not the date rate song it's god that's good i love toby in his song <laughs> and i like pretty women but that's cringy too but um yeah, know this first of all this show doesn't hold up to me the way most of broadway shows do
0: I think it's fun though. I mean, I mean, there are some good songs up in there. Like, you know, the like the song, like the movie starts off in that like little London town and they're coming in, it's very whimsical again. I love using that word and the British guys singing a bit. I think it's so funny because it's so happy. Like there's no place like London, like, oh my God, you know, look at there, look at London, look at the smog. And then you hit tweets, I like, no place like London. <laughs> like, yeah, wow, thanks, Sweeney. Totally brought down the fucking mood. God, what an asshole. <laughs>
2: one and a half, that motherfucker. Yeah, right.
0: But the, but the songs are very speaky. Again, I, is very Sondheim style, but Pretty Women is, um, I guess, yeah, it's it's the most recognizable. You know, there's that one song in each of his like musicals that stand out. It's definitely is that one because it's you can sing to it. You don't speak. Oh,
1: see now uh, the Uh-oh. song um, Ep- Epiphany. Oh yeah. And is one of my favorites. And also try a little priest is, mm-hmm. is there, p- those two are probably my most favorite. Uh, although pretty woman is so great. And, and, and Alan Rickman, let's that let's pour one way. out for Alan Rickman. Oh, sweet, sweet angel in heaven.
0: Biodegradable. But that's the thing though about epiphany. And I discovered this when I rewatched it was it, it's a great song. It's very strong. You know, he, he starts, you know, that's when Sweeney loses his fucking mind. But it's actually, again, it's the sound. It's the soundtrack style. You get the horns. It sounds like a Bernard Herman Alfred Hitchcock movie. You get the big horns and, like, the anxiety strings, you know, and the... Blah, blah, blah. I love that shit. And that's what makes Epiphany good. And then you get his Sweeney going nuts, which is fun. <laughs>
1: that scene, too, when he starts killing people,
0: the oh, song sorry.
1: that he's singing, and and he's just like this chaos is happening around him that he's creating. And he's just, you know, lackadaisical and just slicing throats and singing songs about the sky. And oh, look, there's a star stab. My daughter Slice, I love you, goodbye. Slice, Slice. slice. Like, it's just all, he's so elegant in the way that he kills people. And I love what's like that moment of elegance of the slice, And then there's the blood, and then he just gently touches the pedal, and then when they fall, and seeing the head collide with the stone floor of the bake room is Mm -hmm. so jarring. Like, I love these, uh, uh, oh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. I guess just the the contrast of the scene from one second to another of just the swift slice of the throat, crunch of the neck when it hits the ground. Like, it's Mm -hmm. so, so cool
0: that those parts make me jump every time when when like the bodies fall i forgot that they actually show the bodies fall to the ground and i totally was like oh fuck i forgot how graphic that is i loved it yeah let's see what other notes i got okay first off (laughs) the beginning of my notes you will love this all right husband gets arrested and you go after Alan (laughs) alan rickman duh obvious choice I don't know. I was having a boner for Rickman, there, I guess.
1: Oh yeah. No, th- one of my notes is when Alan Rickman asks you to marry him, mm-hmm. you fucking marry him. That's right. And we then do it.
0: they go to that eyes wide shut party, like everybody wearing a mask. And again, <laughs> you get the fucking return of Weinstein in the form of judge. Like that's crazy and weird and gross. I'm telling you. you. And, but what I love about, um, um, it's like, there's this one scene, and you will agree with me up on here, J- Jackie. It's like the first shave that Todd does during the whole sh- shave of the face during that part, right? He does that thing when he's getting ready, slowly but surely, and then he does his hand movements, and then he ends it like Edward Scissorhands.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If, if you notice that little callback, it's amazing. I loved it. And uh, it was Sweetie Todd's first shave that we see him do, and when he's done, he does that little tilt in the little back of the hand. Very Ed- Edward Scissorhands. I love. You know
1: it. what else he does, Edward Scissorhands? When exactly. he first meets uh, Mrs. Lovett and he takes a drink of the ale, he makes the <laughs> same sound that he did when he drank the uh, the alcohol and Edward Lemonade, Scissorhands. Yeah,
0: that's yeah, right. he does a <laughs> That's right. Oh, I forgot that too. A lot of callbacks.
2: Yeah, I don't know how to break this to you guys. That's the same actor.
0: No shit. Wait, which one? What? going to say.
2: Wait, I'm just saying it's so killing me. It's a callback, it's a wake It's just no. It's just what it does, bro. Oh no, my god. No, it's time No, he, has, time said
1: it. <laughs> no, he <laughs> has said that Sweeney Todd is yes. like lineage
2: as Edward Scissorhands Isn't that weird? She
1: doesn't get it. She just doesn't get it. You know what's weird? Let's just let her go out because she doesn't get it. She's making
0: fun of these callbacks and she's wearing an Avenger shirt where the whole series is nothing but callbacks. Are you kidding me? but it it's so fuck off <laughs> <laughs> I love Avengers but come on it's like remember that one movie come on stop <laughs> uh, oh yeah
2: no callbacks but it's the same actor that's, that's the she
1: just character. she's getting defensive because she doesn't understand she just doesn't get it
0: no <laughs> place like London she needs to get back on pretty women and shaving with Chad I get it
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> this is piss piss with ink <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah that, that's pretty much like what I have in the notes style is just Alan Rickman so hot blood is so beautiful I would never eat those pies how much does it stink in London there you go <laughs>
2: that's, that's a good note I think it's stinky in London all the time stinky um, London I have a few notes if you'll you want please I, as much as I'd love to hear you two and your voter for Burton and Depp
0: Yep. Um, Burton Boner hashtag.
2: <laughs> um I had to Google, <laughs> I had to Google what a sweetie is. So I, I was like a
0: sweet. Yeah, the Katie loved that part. It's like, of course, Sondheim would put that fucking word in there.
2: <laughs> yeah, because I was like, what's a sweetie? I was like, is it like goodie? Or like back in the day, is it like a title? But it actually means small hero, like uh, insignificant, inconsequential hero. So that got me thinking. <laughs> and I did a little research. <laughs> I know this Uh-oh. is all very unusual. Um and I looked at Jungian theory. So I, you know, being the, the budding psychologist that I am, I looked, I was thinking about Burton films and the notion of individuation. And I can't take credit for this because this is definitely theory that's been explored before me. But basically, like the theory says that we all, the individuation is we all secretly strive to be a unique person in a world where we can't really be unique people. And when you try to be unique, you wind up like losing, like, losing that battle in- inevitably. And when I think about all of his canon, and especially Sweeney Todd, and even Sleepy Hollow, you could argue, that's a, that's a really good way to thematically frame Burton's canon. This idea that like all of his protagonists, whether an anti-hero like Sweeney Todd, whether a bumbling hero like Ichabod Crane, they are all striving to be unique in a world where everyone else is just abiding by a status quo, and it brings about very much pain and torture, and, and in many of their cases, their downfall. And I find it interesting that so many of his movies, like, okay, I'm just gonna say this, Burton movies depress me, y'all. <laughs> they fucking bum me out. And, what?
0: They, it's inspiring depression.
2: Really? We're just a depression, depression.
0: It's inspiring. Each movie has that depression, but it's inspiring. First off, Batman, I'm inspired. Beetlejuice, you die. What do you do? You fucking party and you haunt your house. It's fucking great. Uh, yeah. Ed Wood, what do you do? Fuck it. I'm gonna dress up like a a, a a girl at times and use cashmere sweater. It's fucking beautiful. And my movies suck, but you know what? They're great. And someone's gonna make a movie called The Room. Yeah, where is Because he was inspired. In depression. Just it's, like that. I, I'm so happy at the
1: end of so many. I don't. I don't see where the depression comes in.
0: Mars attacks. I was inspired.
2: This movie, I think, is so dreadful and so depressing. And I blame Sondheim. I don't blame Burton because you're right. I, well, I thought about most of Edward, like all of them. Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. There's, there's always a glimmer of hope at the end. Things usually wind up resolving themselves nicely.
0: That's very true. That's and very I, true. I need
2: mean that. I need mean well, that in my life.
1: In this movie. Everybody that's bad gets their comeuppance.
0: His wife wasn't bad.
2: She wasn't
1: bad.
0: How was dare her?
1: No, <laughs> and neither were all the victims of Todd. I'm saying that's the true. bad people. Oh, okay. Anybody, anybody that did wrong in this movie died. Like nobody lived that did something wrong.
2: Mm-hmm. And I don't feel very good about Joanna going off with Hope. Oh, what the fuck is his face, Anthony? Yeah.
0: And- <laughs> Anthony, just thinking about Paul Rudd saying that. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Uh-oh>. Anthony. yeah <laughs> no
1: i i you know all the all the bad people be it you know mrs lovett be it the judge be it todd himself but oh my god <laughs> good
2: in this world
1: joanna's not bad Anthony's not bad Mm-mm.
2: all jacked up she's so stockholm she's she's
1: not stuck
2: she doesn't want to
1: be there all she wants to do is escape she's not like she accepted her fate and was like cool Zach
2: put it Twinkie comes along
0: that's what I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) I
2: am a hundred percent in agreement with you on this one Zach yeah that that girl's all fucked up
0: oh god yeah
2: she doesn't need some kid to come and like take her away and make her dress like a dude this is getting weird for her real
0: quick it really is but the movie just ends and it's yeah. like what? we don't get anything from it i remember like the movie ended when i watched it and the credits started rolling and i look at kitty like wait this is it i totally forgot some are epilogue are you guys out of your bird the seriously sucked. it blew dog
1: no are you kidding me i love the moment that todd is like i have nothing to live for and he lifts his face to expose his throat because he knows Toby's behind him. And he's like, just fucking end it. You know, like he knows he has said goodbye to his daughter, like five songs ago. He knew he'd never see Joanna again, when he realizes that he's (laughs) killed his wife. The person he thought was, was dead. And then he was double crossed by Mrs. Lovett. And he chucks her in the fire. Like, and he killed the judge, like his whole mission, like everything that he, his life, he has worked for since he was arrested wrongfully. Like this was his pinnacle. He hit his pinnacle and he's like, then why the fuck even exist anymore? And then he just gently lifts his throat and he just presents it. And oh, like fuck the both of you. Cause I love, love that ending what
0: he, oh yeah okay he said goodbye to his daughter the same way that my dad said goodbye to me forget this face walks out are you kidding me
1: Come no on. he didn't know that was his daughter i'm talking about in the song he didn't know that was his daughter
0: <laughs> he was yeah.
2: back in five minutes <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, but I agree with you. Okay, I'm half and half. I will meet you halfway there, Jackie, and be like, okay, yes, but no.
2: No, so here's a quick question. Does he know that Joanna is being held by the judge? Yes. Yes. So fuck him. He's a fucking scumbag of a father, and when he dies, there's no heroism to it. He should be getting his fucking daughter back. Mm-hmm. You get your ass out there and you find that fucking <laughs> yeah you gotta think you got a dog you got a responsibility
0: yeah isn't that weird though it's like he knows did you that even watch the movie like do you have any idea what's going on in the plot he knows that his daughter is the ward to this judge
1: yeah and he's trying to get to the judge to kill him without revealing who he is if he busts down the door and says give me my daughter back then the judge knows he's benjamin barker and the whole kill him plan goes out the fucking window. Wait, but he's he's okay. shaving. <laughs> <I'm>
2: sorry. <laughs> he comes in and is like, oh, I love Joanna. I'm going to bust her out. Uh, can you help me? He's like, yeah, bro, I'll help you. And then the next minute, he's like, sorry, I'm too busy fucking killing crazy people. Like, no, dude, you're a fucking hot mess. This movie's a little bit of a hot mess. You're and a hot mess. it just makes me <laughs> sad and me don't like you.
0: Because he almost had him. <laughs> Dad, I almost had him. Like, it was one of those parts. The, best yeah. of the His throat was there beneath my hand. <laughs> yeah. it's a great song it's a great song you sir Tusa that's how i used to like, oh, give people I drinks love it, <laughs> it.
2: Oh, what
0: are you I'm, talking
2: I'm, to not a big fan of this show i i and i'm a huge like i like a broadway show that i could put on start to finish and fucking rock out i can't with this one
1: you Whoa, always need your fucking happy ending i was gonna say you, i agree with you Jackie always goes. need your happy fucking ending.
0: I agree because Basic bitch Yeah right You know what The world isn't all Puppy clouds And rainbows And you know Movies. Equality On the fucking Supreme court Alright It's not all happiness Get over it like, Puppy clouds <laughs> Puppy clouds The world is not all Puppy clouds Marissa You know It's not candy canes Rainbows I'm sorry <laughs> It's not like, you know, your daughter's cartoon is obviously a pair of hairy balls. <laughs> <laughs> Invisible friend. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> <The> balls.
0: <laughs> if only you could watch this, listener. flowers. God. I love it. No, wow. Sweeney Todd yeah. is a good dark. See, back in college, when I did musicals, I did Guys and Dolls, and I did Hair, and I did The Music Man. When I was in Hair, uh, they started filming this, and all right. And I wanted to be in it. I'm like, oh my God, I love Sweeney Todd because it's fucking dark and pathetic. And I love it because the reason why I was a musical theater geek who hated musicals because they were just so peppy and fucking every theater actor out there. And I know there's a bunch of listeners who are in theater who can like, they were just so fake and phony when they're smiling up on stage and doing the fucking musical. And then they're back, they're fucking blowing your best friend. Like it sucks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no that that didn't happen don't worry everybody (laughs) not speaking from personal experience he might (laughs) have no i agree with you i think musicals sucked for a really long time this is not the one that changed that though i'm sorry
0: (laughs) i liked it jackie and i like it uh sweetie todd is good joe bob says check it out
2: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you two actually live the theater life, so I'm going to defer to your judgment on this one. I just like to watch and listen to musicals.
0: I I concur, I concur, but it would have been fun if, you know, Oingo Boingo did some of, uh, uh, you know, Sondheim's, that actually would be pretty cool.
2: Actually, I'd be fucking down with that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Rupert. Rupert Giles from Buffy has a cameo in this movie. Did you see him, Marissa? No, I, Oh, what? Okay, so right after the shaving competition, a guy walks up to Sweeney Todd and he's like, so, sir, like, do you have an establishment in town? And they're like, yeah, you know, Fleet Street. That's Rupert Giles from Buffy.
0: And I gotta rewatch that. And
1: actually, uh, it was cut. But he sings, uh, there's a song throughout that that is sung, I believe in like the beginning, middle and end. It's like one of the chorus songs. I think it's the Ballad of Sweeney Todd, mm. um, where he, Rupert Giles, Anthony Head, um, and Christopher Lee actually sing it. But Lee got cut from the movie completely. And yeah, um, uh, Anthony Head got cut down to just that one, that one scene. But yeah, I, I got excited because... Rupert Giles is my favorite guy from Buffy.
0: Mm-hmm. How Burton can you be when you actually put Christopher Lee in a singing role? Oh, <laughs> That's amazing.
2: Seriously. I love seeing Christopher Lee pop up in these films, though.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I love it.
2: I, quick question, Burton fans.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: The city obviously sucks, right? That's what this movie tells me. Right? It's
0: London, yeah, it sucks. It's gross. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Any city here. But the burbs suck says Edward Scissorhands, the fuck am I supposed to live in Tim Burton's world? That it going to suck.
0: I'll tell you where you live in Burton world, okay, Jackie? I'm going to try to do this. Maybe we catch each other here. London sucks, but it's obviously the 1800s. Then we get so good in the suburbs of the early 90s in California with a weird castle over the hills looking at us. Maybe that's the problem. There's a doll maker up there. That's fucking weird. I wouldn't be happy living in the suburbs of Burbank.
2: kidding me? Yeah.
0: That's why the best place to live, even though it never came into fruition, was Jack Nicholson's cowboy character in Mars Attacks when he made that hotel. And- <laughs> <laughs> that place is going to be the shit, man. I'm <laughs> telling you.
2: <laughs> I would well live there. Or, yeah, like, his Gotham. I mean, I just, every time I, I'm in a Tim Burton world, I've even the kids movie ones, I'm like, God fucking damn it, this world sucks. And then yeah. how bad our world sucks.
1: Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to move to New England. I'm going to go live with the Dietz family I their fucking that. badass house. So fuck you guys. I I'm agree going to the Dietz's.
0: No, the Dietz's is it. fucking great. I'm
1: going to Winter River to live with the Dietz's.
0: No, See, okay. I agree, actually. If there is a great Burton place to live, it's there. I yeah. agree. I agree with that. That's a good one.
2: If you're dead. I was
1: going to say, before or after remodeling, I'll take the quaint it's, country house mm-hmm. or I'll rock... The fucking modern fucking house. Either way, I'll live there.
0: I like that style too. Let's do that one. Yep.
1: Sandworms <laughs> and all. I'll take it. I'll take it.
2: Of all the Tim Burton Filton worlds, that's the one you're going to go to?
1: That's the, off the top, top of my head. That's where I thought first.
0: Actually, you know what? I would be more inclined with uh, um, The Town in Dark Shadows.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I would go there
0: too. Because okay. it's the 70s and it has better music.
1: Do we want to be <laughs> hoity toity and live in Wayne Manor?
0: No. God. No. Wayne Manor yeah? hurts. No. Batcave, though. Yeah, I'll live there.
1: That'd be that pretty cool. So you know what? The thing about the Batcave, I was always so, like, if I were in the Batcave, I'd fall off the edge. Oh, like, God. where the one where it's, like, cars parked on that very small little circle of earth, and then there's just nothing. I'm clumsy. I know me. <laughs> I will fall into whatever crevasse is next to the car and I'm gone forever. So no, I can't live in the Batcave.
0: I know, how did Vicky Vale manage to walk around in there? That's crazy. Because <laughs> I know we're coming to our end here and I know that people are like wondering, whoa, Zach mentioned something cool like season of Burton films, tell me more. Okay, cool, I will. So January, February, March, <laughs> check this out, check this out, man. Batman, Corpse Bride for February, Alice in Wonderland for March. Boom, bang, that's your early springtime. And then we talked about our spring into summer with, uh, with the, with the Ed, Charlie, Ed Wood. Ch- Ed Wood, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Big Fish for June, because Father's Day, Big Fish makes me cry. Then we got summertime, which July would be Dumbo or, you know, Dark Shadows, whichever. August would be Mars attacks and September would be Beetlejuice. Boom. boom.
2: Where's Batman Returns?
0: Yeah, That Returns is Christmas time along with Edward Scissorhands. But if I only had to choose one, Obviously, it would be Edward Scissorhands for Christmas time. I'm sorry. True. I'm a Batman Returns fan. Me too.
2: I'm a big, uh, embarrassingly big Batman Returns fan.
0: (laughs) Also, for the listeners out there, if you do have the Batman Returns DVD or Blu-ray, turn your TV into black and white chrome and put on the musical tracks only version Mm -hmm. of the film where nothing plays and it becomes a beautiful silent movie. What?
2: That sounds
0: fun. There you go. Christmas juice. They have that all. on
1: the um on the Beetlejuice Blu-ray too. You can do that's right. You can do soundtrack only on, on the Beetlejuice Blu-ray.
0: Fancy. Mm. That's fancy. There, there you go. go. All right. That's what I have to say. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, all right. So you guys have any other uh th- so here's my last thought. Has Tim Burton peaked? I mean, is is he gonna do anything good anymore?
0: <laughs> um, as long as he's a slave to Disney, no. <laughs>
2: yeah blame disney or are
0: going to
1: fuck them like they're really terrible
0: like, look at his movies with disney. is a terrible corporation look at his movies with disney he's horrible with disney yeah. i mean and i like dumbo i thought dumbo was actually pretty decent i liked it but it wasn't Burton for me it was disney
2: yeah okay but he got in bed with them and he bought his his auteur style to disney so I still blame him. I mean,
1: he—he he, that's where he started. He started as a, a at Disney, so like I can't, I can't blame him for for going back to where it all began for him. So
2: my question here, let me rephrase: Is can Burton still surprise us? Can he do something that hasn't he hasn't exhausted? Like, is he going to bring out something new, or has he exhausted this style? Because there's no denying that there's an aesthetic to everything he does that has been very much the same, and I think that more so than Disney and you can blame Disney for a lot of things but I don't think is <laughs> peaking and then kind of jumping the shark a little bit I think I worry that he's not gonna be able to do anything fresh anymore because we've seen this so many times
0: well I'm gonna agree and disagree so during the whole heyday of you know of the whole Disney and Burton thing we got dark shadows which I thought was actually very entertaining it was yeah. funny When it was gory, it was good. So if Burton actually focuses more on horror, I actually think that's when he can have his comeback if he sticks back to that gothic old school style.
2: You really thought that was a good movie though? like Uh,
0: Because the song Choices and the soundtrack was phenomenal. I had no choice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I I agree because that was the line of thinking that I had of, you know, Burton works best with his spooky aesthetic like that's what he's known for when when burton is burton and it's 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 been a while since we've seen that and you know can can we capture another moment like nightmare before christmas like edward scissor hands like you know what i don't know but i will i will hold out hope for it
2: yeah no i me too i'm rooting for him i really am (laughs)
1: I mean, I'll—I'll I'll be honest. Uh, there was, there was. A, there's been a couple movies in recent years that I, I haven't seen yet. Like it just. I mean, there was a time where if it said Burton on it, I mean, there are books that I bought because I read that he like optioned a script based on a book. So I ran out and bought the book, and the the movie never came to fruition. But it's like I used to have my finger to the pulse on Tim Burton. I watched everything. Like the day that Big Fish came out. Like I remember leaving work, driving home, stopping at Kmart, bought Big Fish, like, I would buy things day of. Um, But yeah, like, I know that there's a, like, there's, like, at least two or three films that he's made recently that I haven't seen, you know, like, and it's...
2: Yeah, me too. Uh, Well, first of all, he really shit the bed with Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Because that was did such you? a good book. And the movie oh, see, I never,
1: I, I like that movie, but I, I've never read the book, so I have no comparison. And I did
2: not watch Big Eyes because he really aggravated me with his statements about feminism. Zach, cover your ears. ear uh. out.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen Big Eyes yet. But yeah, now, I haven't seen
2: Big Eyes it. either.
0: <laughs> that just moved up to my watch list. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> so, I
2: think this because he was basically like, I'm sick of femin- Like, he basically was you. He was like, feminists need to stop shoving feminism down our throats. And he, like, shit on um your boy, actually, Jackie. Uh, the dude from Doctor Who was wearing a this is what a feminist looks like shirt. Um, and he made fun of him, and he was like, that's what we don't need and the chick from big eyes is a feminist because she didn't go out to change the world and be a feminist but that's what feminism is and i was like shut up fucking tim <laughs> um so ever since then i've been a little salty about Aww. it I watch big eyes because of it
1: now it all makes sense <laughs> <laughs> now it all makes the truth will out. Now it all makes
2: sense. <laughs> no, I really love his movies. I, I too feel the same way you do, Jackie. I'm rooting for him to kind of make a little bit of a comeback. And I agree with you guys. I think horror is the road to do that on. His
0: heart, his heart is still broken by the academy because if you look back in the IMDb page, I have this feeling I would all actually I wrote it in film classes that Big Fish was his opus. That was his big, like, Wizard of Oz, whatever epic that he wanted to do. And literally, there's his heart, his soul, uh, pretty much his, like, childhood in that, with, like, the dad who probably bigger than he was. Like, that's why we see our parents. And a lot of his movies deal with that, where Big Fish, it was this great movie, executed perfectly, and it just got, oh, here's a couple of words here. We're going to go with, you know, whatever, one in 03, Even. I forget
2: he didn't get a director he
0: didn't get anything and he really tried for that and then after that he's like fuck it what's next Char- charlie charlie and chocolate factory fuck it i'll do it what's next oh this remake fuck it i'll do it
2: you think you really think that like broke him so i she feel like has, one for best movie uh best director
0: uh he at least a nomination he shouldn't have like obviously one what's up?
2: He wasn't it, even nominated.
0: This, you know, no.
2: one irony of ironies in two thousand three for best director, fucking oh. Roman Polanski.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. The penis
2: for the penis.
0: The penis, the penis for the penis. Yeah. And if I know Roman Polanski, I have to just watch watch tell
2: you, not a movie I want to watch anytime soon. Big Fish, I'd watch right now, but.
0: Yeah, Nothing screams Academy Award, like boring fucking piano player and fucking depression.
2: By a (laughs) a fucking pedophile.
0: Yeah, right. I know exactly. Like, "Mm, this is good. Let's (laughs) Mm -hmm. hello, Hollywood. I
1: love Big Fish, but I have such a hard time watching it. Actually, that book, Big Fish, is the first book that I ever read that like evoked emotion. Like, I was reading Big Fish sobbing at the mm-hmm. end and that had never happened because th- this yeah. is another situation where what
2: you had never evoked emotion in a book before you read big fish
1: yeah n- i never a book had never made me cry before
2: you uh, did you read charlotte's Web growing up yeah <laughs> didn't I
1: get me at- charlotte's
0: didn't Web did me. Not get me either dude. didn't get
1: me dude what? i remember reading my and, and i think it was oh god what what mrs getson's mrs getson's Seventh grade class, we read Where the Red Fern Grows. And I remember that I was the only one that didn't cry reading Where the Red Fern Grows. I don't know. I have no idea why. Apparently, I have no heart and there's just an empty shell under my boobs. I you? did not cry when the whole, whole she, Miss Getson, walked around with tissues. going to cry. Yeah. So yeah, like, I don't know, but I read, I, this is again, one of those situations where I heard, you know, I read that Tim Burton is going to make this film based on this book. I ran out, I scooped the book up, sobbed my eyes out. I remember when, were you with us when we went to see Big Fish, Marissa? Cause I know it was during college. Cause I remember that like our friend John was there. There was a couple of us. Aubrey was there. And I remember, cause like I knew what was going to happen. I cried so many times and at the end like the whole line of us are sitting there watching it just sobbing hysterically watching this movie like big fish i love it Mm -hmm. it's like i have to be in like the mood to like i know that i'm gonna cry and i I know it's gonna be fucking sad as hell and i'm like so i have to be in the right mindset to watch big fish because sometimes i just don't want to be sad on purpose you know, and I know that there's more like a kind of an uplifting ending to it, but
2: no, I feel. You know,
1: yeah, cool. yeah. I
2: gotta, uh, honestly, one of the reasons all about puppies and sunshine,
1: it's puppy clouds,
0: puppy clouds. All right, puppy clouds, clouds, puppy clouds. <laughs> puppy clouds. <laughs>
2: I'm just, dude, I'm so floored by this revelation that you never cried reading a book before that. That I like, yeah. I'm like, going to need time to digest that shit. Like, I, like I, yeah, I, and it's
1: I, not like I didn't read. I read a ton, but a book had never evoked emotion before i will
2: read the kids like the giving tree to go to bed and ball uncontrollably and i did <laughs> when i was little like i'm like i can't like I'm, i have so many feelings i just have a lot of feelings you guys i
0: don't know <laughs> oh, no, i agree the giving tree definitely gave me like an existential crisis of
2: 10. it messes with you even worse because you're like oh my god i'm the tree like oh my god my kids are taking imagine me that's all my life is gonna be now i'm a stump <laughs> i have i'm just I'm, I'm almost there um yeah no guys I, i'm glad we went down this road and zach i'm glad this was the episode we watched you back on because i think you, you really helped it. like I, i'm i glad jackie had somebody to talk about like scores with
0: <laughs> yeah well see i feel like i bring that i bring that nerdism and uh, music and geek geekness with jackie and then i feel like i'm a good bouncer off of you when you start getting politically awesome um, <laughs>
2: Right. He "Means yeah.
0: like fuck you <laughs> oh no 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 I love it I love talking with people with alternating views I just hate it when they just give up and I'm like oh god damn it come on man come on have fun with me I ain't gonna quit there you go that's why I love you don't change I don't want you to change that's the thing I don't want your views to change I just want you to see why I think the way I think and why I'm a man and I would never wear this is what a feminist looks like because I'm not a rapist I'm sorry <laughs>
2: See, and what's important is that I could laugh at that. I, exactly.
0: I, <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> to be fair, I would absolutely wear this is what a feminist looks like, but I'm not sure if it's effective because I am a feminist. Like I don't, I'm a girl. I don't, you know if that works.
0: It's um, like me wearing a white t-shirt. I know I'm white. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that has nothing
0: to do with it.
1: <laughs> well, we we hope you guys have enjoyed our conversation about tim burton's uh, sleepy hollow and sweeney todd zach thank you so so much for coming on and uh supporting my cause uh Always. rallying for tim burton <laughs>
0: it was great <laughs> i loved it i love anything burn anything with the ghouls is my favorite fucking time oh. i love being on on here it's great i could show off my comedy i dig it <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't forget to check us out on the internet give us a comment give us a like give us a love and we will see you guys next time Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Later.
2: (laughs) You're not going to say some cool, like, California thing, like, bye, bruh. Uh,
0: later, (laughs) bruh.
2: Much better. I like it.